0: Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Uh, breakfast today is sponsored by uh, what? What, what, are the, what are the names we were saying today? Remember, Yosef. by Yosef Levi, of Joyce course, Levy. Uh, and Joyce Levy. In, in honor of grandparents. becoming grandparents, beisdat Hashem, we should be zocher uh, to see her along uh, with the other semachot that we had this week grow into happy, healthy, young. Powerful members of our community uh, And in a dark time This is a beautiful little light A little bit of light Pushes away a lot of darkness So ladies and gentlemen I, I just want to focus on something Which I think is a powerful idea The Pasuk tells us tells us when you try and count the, uh, the heads of the Jewish people, everyone should give kofer an amount of money, to be a kapara for his nefesh. In the counting of the Jewish people is hidden a very challenging element, and that element is the fact that counting itself brings an aynara. It gives a limitation. It says that this is the number and not more. And as we know that that is something that we don't do as Jews, we already learn it from David HaMelech, where there's a counting, and he's then punished for the counting, and then they learn the idea that you have to count only by giving the mahasita shekel, like the Pasuk says over here. However, I want to point out one element about this, and this is a super important thing. Something in the name of Reb Chaim Shmulevitz Ruchaim explained that the Jewish people required a kappara, they needed a kapara uh, to be able to live happily and healthily. And the challenge was that this mahatzit shekel, which was, uh, you know, in the aftermath uh, of the of the so to speak, they were going to need something that was going to bring them a kappara, something that would save their lives. Now we have a, a a hard and fast rule that we know, and the rule is tzedakah. Tzidakah saves a person from death Where do we find this? The Gemara tells us an example of the story of Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Akiva had beruach HaKodesh He knew that the day of his daughter's wedding Was also going to be the day that he lost his daughter He was bifledged to ever let her date anyone Bifledged to let her get engaged Bifledged to let her get married And finally the day of the wedding comes And the Rabbi, although he's celebrating, he's terrified the next morning, he goes, rushes over to his wife's house, and his daughter's alive. He says, can't be. Had his, I had this Ruach HaKodesh, I knew that it was... He says, tell me what happened. She said, last night, at the wedding, a poor man came to the wedding, and everybody had their seat, and everybody had their food, but he didn't have any food to eat. So, Dad, the plate that you made me for the bride on the night of a wedding, I took my plate of food, and I gave it to her. I gave it to him, excuse me. This poor man had what to eat. He says, so what did you do next? He said, next. She said, next I came home. I was very tired after the wedding. I took off, they used to have for the weddings, they would have these pins in their hair. I took the pin out of my hair, and I stuck it in one of the cracks in the wall, in, the, uh, in between the bricks. They took the pin out of, her, of the wall, and the pin had pierced the head of a snake attached to the end of a pin was the head of a snake, a poisonous snake that would have killed (laughs) them. Tzedakah Tatil mimavet. Says Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz something unbelievable. He says that the tzedakah that saves a person from death is only a tzedakah that also saves somebody else from death. So if Yani, I go to give someone... Siddhaqah is something that isn't a, a, a lifesaver. And by the way, lifesaver can mean in a different, in many different ways. So then, I don't have that zikhot. In fact, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz learned from here, he said that whenever a person has any issue, and they're trying to give Siddhaqah to be an element, a, a a good advocate for them in heaven, then what they need to do is find the siddakah which exactly mirrors... Their own problem. Okay? As an example, if a person has a problem with shalom bait, then they can give siddakat to someone who's trying to get couples therapy but can't afford it. Etc. 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 Use your own imagination to figure out all the variables. Ces Chaim Shmulevitz, the Jewish people had a problem. What was the problem? The problem was that they were living in the desert, nobody needed anybody's money for food. Because they had man from the heavens. Nobody needed anybody anybody's money to make rent. Why? They're living in the Anane'a Kavod, the clouds of glory. They didn't need money to buy the clothing. Their clothing, <laughs> It was uh, growing and being fixed with them miraculously. Also their shoes, everything was perfectly fine. They didn't need anything from anybody. So where was there going to be a case of sedaka Tasil, Mimavet that they could give tzedakah and be saved from the gizera of the egel of the golden calf. Answers of Chaim Shmuel Evetz. Hashem said to the Jewish people, I want you to count the Jewish people. What happens when you count them? Each one, lo yebaim there's a plague. What happens if I want to get out of the plague, I got to give? a at shekel. So what did they do? Everybody gave the other persons for them. And that tzedakah was and that also helped them escape the Negev, so to speak, uh, the plague that was surrounding them. Rabbi Uta, we are in a situation as well today when everybody is wondering what to do. And you know what everybody has to do. We all have to do our part um, to follow the directives, we also have to do our part as well to, uh, to save other people from exposure from us. There's lots of things we need to do, Kateva, according to the ways and the laws of nature of science, of medicine, etc, etc. However, we as Jews know and we, uh, and we spread this in every single situation, that yeah. it is not only on the bread uh, you know, that a person lives. Ki Because on the word of God A man lives So it is important to remember That at this time It is critical To increase our tzedakah Specifically increase our tzedakah For things that are related to that Which is what we are asking for So as an example If there's a way to give money to a coronavirus fund That's something that you should do If there's a way to help the hospitals with infectious diseases, that's something we should do. If there's a way of protecting elderly people, like it's easy to tell someone who's elderly, who's coughing, who has a fever, stay home, easy. But how's the guy getting food? How does he have someone to take care of him? So these are things that we need to be conscious of. And if we are investing in tzedakah, in the type of tzedakah, that is then please God as well we will be rewarded with uh, the outcome of that uh, as well in our lives. Rabbi I just want to share one last bit from the parasha, which I think is a magnificent idea. And that is as follows. In the aftermath of, uh, of the giving of the Mahatita Shekel, there's one other thing. The Pasuk says, <laughs> and you will make a vessel for washing out of bronze. Um, Murray pointed out to me it's not by accident that in this week's parasha the last pasuk that we read from the Sefer Torah was wow. and they will wash their hands and their feet and they will not die. Wow. There's nothing that's a mistake, you know, in in uh, in Yahadut in Judaism. However, I'd like to point out something as well. Like I said, beyond the physical nature of that, and what is that? What is that? The pasuk tells us. That they made the kior nechoshet, they made it out of copper. And where did they get these? Co- where did they get the copper to be able to build this? To be able to build this kior? So our Chachamim explained that they got it from what was called the marot Hasovot, The mirrors of the Jewish women uh, from in Egypt. What does that mean? They had these brass mirrors. Okay, why did they, what, what was so special about these mirrors? In fact... The Chachamim say that they came to Moshe Rabbeinu, the women, and they said, here, you want to use these mirrors, these, uh, <laughs> these plates of copper, of brass, we want to use them to give to the Mishkan for the Kior. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, nah, we can't use them. Not appropriate. Why? Why was it not appropriate? The, the Gemara explains that these mirrors were used back in Egypt when the Jewish men would come home you know, terrified You know, broken uh, Spirits in the, in the gutter From being beaten all day From being slaves From the, the suffering From losing children bar minnan, From all the things that were going on in Egypt They would come home And they were, they were They had no hope And their wives would tell them What are you talking about? We need to build families We need to give birth to children we need, The Jewish people needs to go on and the husbands, they would feel, they couldn't, we're going to bring children into a world like this. This is what we need to have children for. Rabbi B'tay, listen to this. And it was the women's faith and, uh, and their power that inspired their husbands to decide to have children. They would use the mirrors to make them see that which was beautiful about them, that which was beautiful about their husbands. They would stand there and they would say, "Anochi, Ani, Na'e, mimcha. I am beautiful, mimcha, from you. The literal translation means I am more beautiful than you. But that I don't think is going to help the situation here. But I think the idea is that what the women were saying was, look at how beautiful I am, and look, I've done it for you. Because ultimately, I appreciate, I value everything that you're doing in this situation. You're going out there, you're hard at work. I am beautiful, all of my beauty comes, it's because of you. So I know that you're beaten and I know that you're broken and I know that you're worried and I know that you're scared, but you know what? Look at what you're doing is so special and it's so beautiful and I value it so much. That alone allowed them, their spirits, to be raised enough that they were able to have children to continue the Jewish people. (laughs) The answer, Rabbi the and the parallel to me today is very powerful. Today, we had not one, but we had two people stand up at the Sefer Torah and, and one of them welcoming a baby girl into the world, and the other one naming a, a, a baby girl into the world. Uh, we want to welcome uh, uh, our named Arash Gohari, Arash and Natalie Gohari's baby, uh, aptly named Esther, because what other name are you going to give to a Persian princess? Rabotai. <laughs> and, and, and what's fascinating to me is that in a time of worry, and of fear, and of anxiety, the Jewish people are still bringing babies to the world, they're still bringing hope into the world, you know, and we can reassure one another that although this is the case, although we're afraid, and although everything is is hanging in the balance, it does not mean that we as Jews stop believing, stop being positive, you know, stop having faith and trust in Hashem. It doesn't absolve us from doing what we have to do, but at the same time, we cannot uh, abandon it. That has been our creed since time <clears throat> immemorial. Okay. At the end of the day, Mordech- Moshe is told by God, "You're wrong, and the women are right." This has a place even here, even in the Beit Hamikdash, because maybe it's associated with the act of intimacy between a husband and wife, but it's not one that is born, so to speak, of of <clears throat> desire, of lust. It was one that was born of hope and of emunah, and of faith, and that is beautiful. So, Rabotai, it is crucial that that is something that we are communicating repeatedly to ourselves, repeatedly to all those around us, a message of emunah, a message of faith, a message of tzedakah, a message of prayers, a message of Talmud Torah. You know, we got an email from the from the, what's it called? From, uh, 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 from the many medical advisors, and so we're being advised by them on an ongoing basis. And I need to stress this as loudly and as clearly as I can. We're being given all these, and the directives are, it's very important to limit non-essential gatherings, and 100%, we're all 100% on board with that. And we will follow the rules and the guidelines down to the letter, whatever they say to us, we will do. But I need to put this out there. Coming to synagogue to pray is not a non-essential. Did we close the hospitals? Hospitals save lives. Synagogues save lives. Tefillot save lives. Talmud Torah saves lives. Now, it may be that we need to close a school because we're worried about some sort of a community spread. 100% we should do whatever the doctors are communicating to us. You know, ask the great rabbis, take their advice, Follow the medical, you know, opinion. Do what we need to do, 100%. But because your kid came home, doesn't mean he should stop learning Torah. If Bar we have to close the synagogue, and that's what it comes to, then that's what we will do. But the, the cessation of tefillah in a time like this, if, 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 if ever there was a time for prayers, it's now. If ever there was a time for tefillah, it's now. If ever there was a time for Siddhaqah, it's now. So we're very worried. You don't want to hand money from hand to hand. Figure out another way. Swipe your card at home. Go online. There's plenty of places to give Siddhaqah where you don't need to touch somebody else. Rabotai, we know we have the keys in our hands for thousands of years to beat uh, things that are far more improbable than the coronavirus. And if that is the case, Rabotai, let us not abandon those things in this in this crucial time, Rabbotai. Big smiles, big emunah. Again, we'll do everything we can We're as responsible as possible. But but that is, I think, a, a important and crucial message for for where we are right now. Baruch Hashem, amen, v'amen,